Hello again, Zag fans. Welcome back to A Few Too Many. This is uh, host Jake talking. Uh, Jay Page is out today. He's a busy boy. Uh, but I'm joined with um, my what special guest. Is that your title, Zane? Super special guest host. Super special guest. And two interns, and Dan and Zambi. Uh, Cooper's on the way. Uh, boys, how are we feeling? Well, fellas, in the past couple of weeks, you've seen me on this show really drowning my sorrows in the in the devil's poison. I've I've turned to you know whiskey at times. Last week, I had just a gallon of wine that I was basically drinking from the entire episode. Tonight, uh, I'm taking a different path again. We're we're staying sober, uh, but to, but to you know keep my whistle wet. I got here a r- nice root beer from KFC that I'll be sipping on, uh, and we'll just get through this together, fellas. We'll get through this one together. Okay, Zane, we t- uh, did Dan just jump off? Um, Dan could not stand the fact that I was not <laughs> drinking on this show, and he is now boycotting that decision. Well, uh, we'll pass it over to our intern, Zamblin. Zambi, how are we doing? Hey, doing great here. Shaved beard, so feeling a little bit naked right now, but, you know, nice sunny day in uh, Spokane, Washington. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's typically Dan comes in here, but yeah, I guess that leads us to our headlines. Uh, oh, he, he might be oh. coming back. Oh, do we have Dan? Do we have Dan? It looks like we may have Dan joining us on this beautiful Spokane Bluebird Day. That's what they call it up here in the Pacific Northwest. Bluebird Day. It's nighttime, but... Um... <laughs> We're back. We're back. I got rattled, I think, by your KFC root beer and just accidentally exited the meeting. So uh, <laughs> that, that kind of caught me off guard tonight, and I was trying to see what it looked like. Um, but uh, yeah, we're back. We're feeling good. Um, got a lot to get into. Super Bowl week, big time college basketball. I think as a, these are the two sports that I feel like I like and follow the most. So this is a this is a great time. I am I'm fired up to be here. We got a lot to dive into, got a lot of feelings to share, um, a lot of things to to get off our chest, I think, tonight, but it's gonna be good. We're gonna we're gonna move forward. And uh, I'm excited for this episode, boys. It's gonna be a therapeutic two hours or hour and a half, however long we rant. So without further ado, I'll pass it off to Zambi with the headlines. All right, take two. So lovely listeners, we do have three headlines for you guys tonight. Starting it off, we have a new AP poll ranking dropping from 12 to 16. Yeah, I think, honestly, I would almost put us lower. I mean, I guess losing to eight, like the 18th ranked team at, at, you know, at St. Mary's isn't a bad loss, but it just feels bad. I, I feel like a strict parent, like, you know, the kid gets a B minus on a report card, you know, you gotta be strict. So they're, they're working for the A's, you know, you can't let them, be fine with this ranking. Uh, yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of uh, in the same in the same boat as Jake here. I think I, in in some sense, I'm you know happy that we're just kind of just still a top twenty team. I suppose I think uh, sixteen is fair. We dropped four, dropping four places. You know, feels like a lot. Uh, you know, when you compare to how other teams are moving around the polls. Uh, and I always look at like, you know, the, 
the teams that we're closest with and, you know, St. Mary's obviously right in front of us. Um, if I'm St. Mary's, I'm a little bummed. I didn't jump a little bit higher. I think they moved from 18 to 15 with what's going on in, in college basketball right now. Uh, I feel like St. Mary's is playing like, like a top 12 team probably um, that, and that really hurts to say, but um as far as, you know, aside from, you know, the AP poll, I also kind of look at what this means bracketology-wise. Um, and it's it's apparent that we are at the position in this season where we're scratching and clawing for a four seed. Um, and that shows with our ranking. We're 16, right? So we would be the last four seed right now. Um, you miss out on that four seed, that protected seed, and things get a lot more difficult in the tournament. And we've talked about, you know, we, we've come accustomed, we've grown accustomed to being ones and twos over the past several years. Um, maybe it's not the worst thing for us to be the hunter instead of the hunted this year. That's, that's literally the only positive thing I can say about, about us dropping in our, in our, you know, rankings and in our, you know, likelihood, our, uh, our seed for the tournament. Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way as you guys. Um, I feel like every time we've lost, it's been four spots. Or not every time. The past two times we've lost, we've dropped four spots. I we dropped was, eight to LMU, I think it was, which was like was, kind of a lot. <laughs> deservedly so. You don't yeah. LMU at home. But I feel like we just get like hammered with drops if we lose a game. And it's like the St. Mary's loss – it sucked, yeah, but I mean, it's still on the road against the top twenty-five team. I think we're still getting, still getting punished. Yeah, I think you know with our ranking, like we've lost to what do we have? Five losses now. Is that right? Yeah. So we've lost to four. We've lost to four really, really good teams, and we laid an absolute egg against LMU. That's just going to haunt us for the rest of the season. Like when when looking at at our resume. I think stacked up with other teams that might be similar, we're going to have probably like the worst loss. So that's just going to be what we have to deal with for the rest of the year. I think from the ranking standpoint and, and kind of the whole, you know, bracketology, like thinking of us going in as of, I don't, I don't like the idea of a five. I don't, I don't want to be a five playing a 12, but. Oh God. I just, this, those numbers are. Well, let me, let me tell you what the current difference is. If we were, a, we're, we're a four on Joe Lenardi's bracket, the difference as a four, we're playing Furman, a 13th ranked Furman. Uh, if we were a five, we'd be playing Drake. There's a kind of a significant difference between those two teams. I don't also, know who would Cooper root for in that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about the difference in those, in those. Um... Well, just namesake. You at least know who Drake is and they've had some tournament success Furman, what the fuck is that i know the Furman bulldogs it'd be it'd be bulldogs versus bulldogs i'm pretty sure <laughs> oh, so are the drake bulldogs there's oh, bulldogs oh, everywhere oh, <laughs> but one thing i was just going to say real quick is that with our rankings and um you know the the fact that we lost to saint mary's if saint mary's keeps on winning we will have an opportunity for two quad one wins if we beat saint mary's for the remainder of the year so those, if we can win out, including two wins over St. Mary's, that's going to help our resume incredibly. So there's still a lot to be played and a lot of room for us to grow. 
I will say this. If we drop another one, fuck, man, we are, I don't know, if we dropped like an, could we be like an, in the eight nine game? Is that possible? <laughs> no, let's stop. I don't. That's yeah. Don't be talk positive like that. until we have to be negative. I'd rather be an eleven seed like we were in twenty sixteen than be yeah. an eight nine game. If we're gonna lose, let's lose four more games. <laughs> Speaking about Syracuse, Jim Beheim is just going. I think senile at this stage. He's just screaming at everybody. Yeah, he might need to. He might need to leave. <laughs> all righty um more zags for you guys later uh second headline is going to be lebron aka Legoat, breaks cream abdul jabbar's scoring record last night by putting up 38 points yeah i mean awesome moment for lebron i i think he's everyone says he's at least the top two player in nba history i would say it's either jordan or him um great atmosphere what wasn't one ticket going for like seventy thousand dollars or something ridiculous to watch the 12 seed play the 13 seed in the west (laughs) but um i was just pissed that after they got the the record lebron they just stopped playing they just didn't care about winning the game and it just crippled my parlay so congratulations lebron Boo Lakers on your fourth quarter effort. Yeah, um, not a huge NBA fan, not a huge LeBron fan or Lakers fan, um, but I did I did watch this entire game, uh, and I and I upset my wife in doing so. Uh, absolutely electric atmosphere. It felt like you know a playoff game. Um, aside from the fact that you know all all credit to LeBron, like incredible accomplishment. I think he did it in less time than cream too um if i'm not mistaken and it doesn't seem like he's really slowing down so this is going to be another one of those records where it's like fuck we're not going to see it broken for you know decades it, it feels like um that that said my big takeaway from this game is oklahoma city looked kind of good kind of an intriguing little young team right there just wait until check comes back baby jalen williams from santa clara is a goddamn unit now how many Jalen Williamses do they have on this team? They have two. They have two? the Arkansas Jalen Williams, who's the center or power forward in the NBA, and then Santa Clara Jalen Williams, who's the wing. Go WCC. Who Arkansas Jalen Williams? He's still flopping and taking shitty charges like he did against us in the tournament. Um, he took a charge against LeBron last night too, when LeBron was like eight points away. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That guy pisses me off. I respected um, the hell out of that move. Actually. <laughs> like if he had fouled at LeBron, that would have been so funny. That would have been hilarious. But yeah, back to back to LeBron. Hell of an accomplishment. Um, growing up, I was not a LeBron guy. I was always Kobe till the day I die. Um, and then LeBron coming to the Lakers. Like I'm, I'm not even a Laker fan anymore. But I was also locked into that game yesterday. And I cannot remember the last time I cared about a regular season meaningless NBA game like that. It was just very cool to see that record get broken for us to see something we've never seen before. And Zane, you're saying he's got no signs of slowing down. This dude is arguably at the best. He just keeps peaking. It's unbelievable. Like he's going to have like 40,000 plus at least um, probably like probably playing for a couple more years and still being like the most dominant player on the floor is just absolutely ridiculous. So 
just cool to watch him. Um, would love at this point, like I feel like all, all he has left, I think he said this, is just to get on the floor with Bronny, whether that's playing against him or being on the same team. I don't think he's going to be with the Lakers for the rest of his career, I'll tell you that much. Kind of almost alluded <gasps> to that last night. Breaking so, news. Saying that, he, you know, whatever franchise he can lead, he can lead them to, to uh, championships, which was an interesting move. Um, but just, you know, watching that and appreciating the greatness, you know, similar to the time that Tom Brady hangs him up for good. Like we've been able to watch some, uh, some, some pretty incredible players in our lifetime. So just got to kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Very well said, Dan. <clears throat> I've been a LeBron Stan. So hand up. If you're listening to this, tilt your head back, spread your arms. You've witnessed greatness. Uh, <laughs> As I'm sure pretty much everyone listening to this, this is pretty much the only NBA game I've actually watched. OKC did look pretty good. And I think one of the funnier takeaways was all the people bitching and moaning on Twitter. Oh, they stopped the game for like 10 minutes. Like, this is only because it's LeBron. It's like, you would not be watching this game in the first place if it wasn't for LeBron. So, shoo-shoo haters. LeBron is the king. And, um, yeah. Go LeBron. Last thing, Josh Giddy's nickname of Himothy Chalamet is one of the funniest nicknames ever. He kind of does look like him. <laughs> he definitely does. And that's just that's just a great like he should ride that nickname. They should just ascend together in their respective careers. Yeah, get that guy an Apple TV commercial. <laughs> exactly. Uh Coop, you have anything or is that Cooper or is that Steve Jobs over there with his black turtleneck? <laughs> you like that? Is that your lifting turtleneck? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, no, I mean, I think you guys probably touched on all the main points. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that was the first full NBA game I've watched all season. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, see that in real time. Uh, do we touch on Phil Knight? Being the only one not using his phone. Well, the Great guy's point. 92 or whatever. He probably doesn't know how to use his phone. <laughs> so, I just love how like everyone is definitely like watching that through like an iPhone lens, whereas Phil Knight's just like, fuck that. I'm watching this with my eyes, baby. So <laughs> shout out to the oldie for that one. Phil Knight, if you are 92, you look damn good for 92. We'll give you that. Uh wrapping up headlines here. We have a few moves in the NBA. Starting it off here, we have flat earther Kyrie Irving going from the Big Apple to Cooper's homeland, Dallas. Coop, how do you feel about that? I think it's a pretty interesting move from the Mavs. Because what you sent over Dinwiddie, I think like a first round pick, and oh, what, we, what we, one we of your centers? Sent, we sent over Dinwiddie, uh, Dorian Finney Smith. A first and I think like multiple seconds. So um yeah, I mean, I think you know, on paper we're not giving up a whole lot, but I know Kyrie's kind of in a contract year and he was looking for an extension. It sounds like the Nets were um not, you know, willing to negotiate or things just kind of came to a standstill with that and he demands a trade. So um bit of a high risk high reward play for the Mavs I think in a perfect world you know it works out and we go to the finals 
And if not, he dips after this year and we're kind of fucked. So uh it's uh it's tbd as far as you know i think trade grades go but i mean i think you know luca obviously wants to win i think the biggest question was he doesn't have a two guy and he has a two guy now and we arguably have the best backcourt in the nba so we'll see what happens that's just the scary thing with Kyrie, where it's like when he's playing he's probably top three point guard in the nba you think that's fair um, if not, yeah, I mean, if not, definitely the best, probably finisher at the rim of point guards. Best, I mean, best handles, yeah, best yeah. handles for sure. But then, you know, will he play or will he just like? I think my favorite quote from Kyrie after he got traded, he's like, Yeah, I just felt disrespected from the Nets, felt like I was a great presence of the locker room as a leader. <laughs> I just, I just laughed when I read that. I'm like, What, what are you talking about? Like, He's basically the reason James Harden wanted to leave Brooklyn. And I mean, he's had so many, you know, off the field issue or off the court issues where, you know, there's a defense for each of them, but they begin to pile up. And at a certain point, it's like, it's, it's you, it's not, you know, whatever issue that's being raised. So I am excited to see him play with Luca. I think you guys, the Mavs plan is just to like score 160 points a game and say, fuck defense. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we don't really have a, a rim protector. So it's like between Luca and uh, Kyrie, uh, just create a shit ton of shots and try to outscore the other team. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. So <clears throat> I'm in a job interview today and they're like, yeah, we have the culture, you know, like we want to bring someone in that's going to cultivate it and not churn and burn. And the sales manager is like, so to put it in sports terms, uh, <clears throat> it's like you have a player, they have their talent, and then they have what they bring to the locker room. And the exact example he used was Kyrie Irving. He's like, yeah, it's a lot of talent, but pretty much everywhere he goes, he burns the bridge and people do not like him. And so I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in Dallas. I think Mark Cuban knows what he's doing. I respect him a lot. So I think there's a little method behind the madness, but um, yeah, it's flat earth. I call it the two extremes. You have the Boban, who's the mm-hmm. best locker room presence, but just not that talented. And then you have the Kyrie on the other side. It's the complete opposite. He'll just blow up your locker room, but he's a generational point guard. So you got to find that line and write it. Definitely, definitely. Well, that was not the only news in the NBA. Lakers made another splash today. You know, LA just has to stay in the spotlight. They make a trade for D'Lo, Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley. Um, like I said, I don't watch a ton of NBA, so I don't want to take the lead. I'll Zane. jump in here. Yeah, three-team <laughs> trade. So it's between Timberwolves, Jazz, and Lakers. So Lakers are sending away Russell Westbrook, and just one of their first-round picks are able to trade or they're allowed to trade. I think it's the 27, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 29. Um, the Jazz are give up uh, Mike Conley, who's going to the Grizzlies. Um, and then what, Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley. And then the Timberwolves only gave up D, though, right? Did they have to give up draft compensation? Can't tell you. Not sure. 
But yeah, I mean, interesting lineup. The um, finally got that albatross of a Westbrook conference or contract off their books. Fun fact: since Westbrook signed his five-year, two hundred million dollar contract in twenty seventeen with the Thunder. He has now played for five different teams, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Wizards, the Lakers, and now the Jazz. So he's being passed around a lot, but hey, he's getting $40 million a year. So he should just buy a mansion in each. He'll soon have a mansion in each state if he keeps up this pace. Maybe he's just a good businessman. But with that, oh, Zane. Nope, nope, nope. I got nothing. You got something. <laughs> I have a little little tidbit about this whole Lakers trade. Uh, after doing some uh, quick uh, quick homework on my end, uh, so a current member of the Lakers is no other than Scottie Pippen Jr., uh, son of the uh, the great Scottie Pippen. Um, and with Malik Beasley now joining the Lakers, Malik happened to date Scottie Pippen Jr.'s mom. Larson Pippen. <laughs> so, oh my god. <laughs> little little awkward in the locker room there. They um, should go on Milf Manor together. <laughs> <laughs> it is it it's all, Milf Manor all, in the Lakers locker room right it all, now. It all goes back to Milf Manor. So uh yeah, interesting uh dynamic between uh, Malik and uh Scotty Pippen Jr. Really interested to see how that works out. Oh man, I would love <laughs> to see a full bench brawl. Oh, just and LeBron's just looking at this this garbage fire. Rui's not even noticing. He's just practicing his mid range two. Where's like, just Scottie Pippen's on is playing in the G League, unfortunately. So I don't know how much their paths are going to cross, but it's still a hilarious story nonetheless. Um, Jake, curious as you being the NBA guy, is D'Angelo Russell any good? Well, not really. Um, he's okay. The really funny part is he was drafted with the number two pick by the Lakers in 2015. So they essentially traded basically all they traded for Westbrook, which was Josh Hart, um, uh, Montreal Harrell, uh, I think a first round pick. Um, they, they traded a ton of shit for Westbrook. Plus this additional first round pick. They turned that all into D'Angelo Russell again. And like Malik Beasley, who's a good player, and Jared Vanderbilt had some nice upside. But I mean, I think this makes them like what at best a seventh team in the West, right? Like, and then you know, LeBron and a healthy AD, they can carry a team in the playoffs, but you got to make the playoffs. You got to stay healthy, which anytime Anthony Davis touches the floor, like you can just hear crypto center gasp because. His bones are made out of like, I don't know, like a dodo birds. Like, oh, Jake! What? It's 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 science. <laughs> it's a fact. So we'll see. I do think it's great for Rui because I don't think Vanderbilt's going to take too many of his minutes, and you can have a pretty nice lineup of uh, D'Lo, Beasley, Rui, LeBron, and Davis. Well said, Jake. Well said. Well, that wraps up this week's headlines. We're going to go over to Zagland with your host, super special guest host, Zane Isquire. All right, fellas, uh, I'm going to need everyone on the show right now and all of our listeners to go ahead and raise their right hands. 
Raise the right hands. Cooper, that means you. All right. Now grab the top of your seatbelt and buckle in because we have a bumpy, bumpy segment coming up here. Uh, busy, busy week in Gonzaga land. Um, you know, started off with a, I would, what I would describe as a solid win over Santa Clara in which we played, uh, probably our best defensive, uh, half in, in conference play, uh, which was the first half of that game. Uh, importantly, the Zags did cover a 13 and a half point spread, obviously, despite all of us saying we were not going to be betting on this game, many of us proceeded to, uh, you know, place that bet. Uh, and it paid off. The Zags covered a third, uh, minus 13 and a half point spread by 18 points and what felt like a comfortable win. Um, some key stats in that game scoring boys led by guess who, guess who Anton Watson with 18 points. Mr. Consistency shows up yet again, shot 100% from the field, eight for eight, leading the WCC currently in field goal percentage, only player in the WCC above 60%. Um, and much of the remaining starting five followed suit. Uh, almost everyone in double figures except Hickman, who was just two points shy with eight points. Um, and fellas, last, last, He's stat here, and this is a big one for the Zags. We shot 71% from the free throw line in this game against Santa Clara. Massive. That's Massive. a win for us. That is a huge win for us. Um, but for all the glory that came with uh, Thursday against Santa Clara, I think for us emotional, reactive fans of this team, came crashing down in a defeat against Santa Clara, our foes from the South um, in overtime after, you know, what felt like a solid, like we played a solid majority of that game at least. Um, and then, you know, the, the story of the game is that Aiden Mahaney kid gets hot towards the end of the game slash Gonzaga can't get a stop um, we turn the ball over in some critical moments. Game goes into overtime, and that's pretty much all she wrote. Um, fellas, just kind of give me your first. Let's talk about the first half. I want to start off with some positive vibes in this game because because I do think largely the first half was positive, right, Jake? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, started out great defensive effort. I think that's what we all noticed. Minus giving up offensive rebounds, which we're all, I think, a little nervous about, but St. Mary's just was not making any shots, so it it kind of was okay. Like, we kind of, you know, poo-pooed it a bit. Um, it felt like people were aggressive, like Hickman was hunting his shot, I think we were happy about. The ball wasn't sticking. It looked like a classic, you know, solid Gonzaga outing at, at the first half. Yeah, I mean, I was feeling pretty good come halftime. I was watching it at a fellow Zags place and watching Baja and his dog just bark at each other is great. And, you know, I was so comfortable. We made pizza rolls at halftime. Oh, God. I was like, we're going to have these pizza rolls. We just got to maintain in the second half. And then ran out of mojitos, so we started going to whiskey. But that's for the second half. 
I'll jump in here. I thought the first half was probably the best we played in, in conference play. Um, just when you take into account who we were playing, where we were playing that game, did a great job with pressing, speeding them up, not giving them, you know, good, comfortable looks. Yes, we left them open from three, but I think we did that for a reason at times. Like we let them just, first of all, while we're talking about them shooting the three, Logan Johnson with the all-time worst three-pointer I've ever seen. Yes. A guard <laughs> in Division One college basketball. That was horrific. That was a Cooper intramural three-point shot Without right there. A doubt. I think I said that in the group chat immediately. Uh, that was just awful. But, I mean, we were just the, – the activity, how connected we were on defense. You can't forget the uh, Hunter Salas, Swat, Anton Watson dunk. That kind of summed up the whole first half. And I really expected to continue that press. I feel like that – kind of stopped in the second half, which sucked. Um, but with just what we did to, to come out there in that environment, take it to St. Mary's right away, we did exactly what I thought we would do, which was, which was great to see and gave me a lot of confidence um, going into halftime. Yeah, I think, uh, I think something else to note about the first half is it felt like, you know, the whole team came out with, with energy. It felt like there was a sense of urgency right from the tip, basically. And and we got out of the gate, you know, tremendously. Uh, Dan even put in the chat, you know, kind of giving a shout out to Coop. You know, he said, Cooper said this game was going to be won by 10 points. Well, Gonzaga had a 10-point lead for what felt like a large portion of this game. Um, and, and I felt like in that first half, a lot of our energy boost came from, like, solid bench contributions. Um, Dan already mentioned Salas, but, uh, you know, Greg came out and hit a three and got some rebounds for us. Uh, Efton Reed came out and had like, what felt like a momentum building rebound where he just ripped the ball out of a St. Mary's players, you know, hands for a rebound, something we don't see very often or haven't seen this year. And like the bench went crazy for that. Um, just little things like that kind of just silenced a raucous crowd, um, and then, <laughs> and then the second half came, um, and it even felt like for a large part of the second half, or at least for the first 10 minutes, at least for the first 10 minutes of the second half, it was kind of the same thing. It was kind of the same thing. Um, and then it stopped and then it stopped where to you guys, what was the, what changed in that second half? If you could identify one thing, what would it be? Um, I'll just say St. Mary's didn't allow us to run our offense. You got to give them credit. They gave like amazing defensive effort. If you look at our assists totals, we had five assists in the game. Not a single player had five assists. Our team had five assists compared to 11 turnovers. And that's just great. You know, it's not like they have a huge athlete who's like just mucking things up like that's just a disciplined team defense that did not allow us to dictate the second half and you know we were just trying to force everything you know we were we started panic and we would just throw it down to timmy and he'd be like triple team and we chicken with our head cut off it was very frustrating yeah i think uh their defense obviously um ratcheted up a little bit i think we like I said, like I was saying earlier, we got away from pressing, which I don't know why. Maybe it's just one of those things you can't do it for a full 40 minutes. And it, I don't know, but that happened. Um, and then, you know, at some point, 
Sam Marius started making shots and he, he always felt like they were going to, but it felt like we were at a spot in that game where we could just trade buckets and we were going to win by 10. And then once the buckets stop falling for us, that's when they get going. Um, obviously we've already mentioned it a little bit, but Aiden Mahaney, that was like a, a heroic performance uh, down the stretch. And we saw the same thing at BYU when we all bet on that game. Mahaney sucked the whole game, looked like he was in over his head, getting pressured, can't make anything. And then when they need him, he comes up huge with that with that buzzer beater. That kid's made of the right stuff. Um, I really thought that that he wasn't going to get it done against us. I thought defensively our play on him was great. And then all of a sudden he just kicks it into high gear and just was not going to be denied. And you got to tip your cap to him. Um, really, and like a lot of those things too, it's like he barely gets it over Watson's hand or he barely gets a pass through. It's like just tiny little things where if – like matter of inches, it's a different, it, it changes the outcome of the game, but you got to tip your cap to him. Um, I know there's some, some thoughts about the defense there and who was on the floor and who was guarding him. But I mean, like, yes, it sucked to lose that game and, and to, and to lose that lead. But to me, just like at some point, sometimes better offense wins against great defense. And that's kind of what I saw down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we want to like really elaborate on it, but yeah. Do we all have to call Ada Mahaney daddy at this point? <laughs> like that guy kind of gave it to us like the last like five minutes in overtime of that game. Um. So, and yeah, we just didn't, I mean, I've kind of come to the conclusion that we need two guys to really have big games. And, you know, obviously Timmy had a great game, but everyone else kind of had between like five and 10 points it felt like. And, you know, in games like these, you really need two guys to, like, step up and, you know, take on a brunt of the scoring, and that wasn't the case this game. So, um, you know, you would have liked someone like Strother, I think, to, you know, step up and carry the momentum he had from, you know, his previous couple of games. But he – I felt like he struggled, you know, especially in that second half in overtime. So, tough to see, but, um, yeah, hopefully the boys recover. One thing yeah. on that on that second player, I thought just while we're talking about that, Malachi Smith, like he that was that was big time performance from him. Felt like he was getting buckets every time we needed him to. He played, you know, he was on the floor crunch time. Um, he made that that shot that would have won it, but it was a little late on that crazy little flip shot he had. <laughs> um, but uh, Malachi Smith, I thought I thought stepped up was was uh, big time and. Like if if there can ever be a game where we get Timmy Strother, Malachi, like ceiling rises on this team, and and I saw something from Malachi that 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 gives me some hope that he can be a guy that can really, you know, get some momentum and and get hot at the right time. Yeah, for for me, and I and I told you guys this already. Th this game to me, watching it and the and the flow of it towards the end when. You know, we had one guy beating us, one one person on the other team beating us. And that feels like it kind of happens a lot with this team. Um, but it reminded me a lot of the Alabama game. And, and in that Alabama game, you know, Miller, this Miller kid was just like making these absurd, um, you know, fadeaway shots, like difficult runners, uh, probably more difficult shots than what Mahaney was making against us. But we responded in the Alabama. Bama game. We saw Nolan Hickman, you know, kind of rise to the occasion and, and knock down some 
huge mid-range jumpers. We saw, you know, the intensity on the offensive glass sort of rise in that game. And, and we made free throws down the stretch. Uh, none of those things happened against St. Mary's down the stretch. We, we, we didn't see like the offense looked frantic. It looked panicked. Um, and there were some, you know, ill-timed turnovers. Um, but I, again, I just, I, I point to, I feel like I'm a, you know, broken record at this point. I point to the same thing, the same stats, every single game, uh, you lose the, you lose the rebounding battle to a team. You have no business losing those. We're bigger and more athletic than these guys. Like you have to get those rebounds. Uh, and we don't make free throws. So, and we turn the ball over more than them. You're the, like you, I don't know how you win a game losing all three of those like fundamental, fundamental battles, but um, hot topic of debate on Gonzaga Twitter, probably the hottest topic was Hugh's decision to um, sort of not switch up the defensive scheme against Aiden Mahaney down the stretch. I think, I think we can all agree from like six minutes on Mahaney was scoring at will. It felt like, um, in that entire time, it was a pick and roll offense that they were running. Um, and if, you know, the defender dropped down, he would just pop back out and wait for him to come over the top. And if he didn't, he would drive to the lane and, and get and make a difficult layup, albeit still able to get to the lane though. A lot of time it was Watson and Malachi covering him. It felt like, um, Gonzaga Twitter wanted to see Hunter Salas out there. What are your thoughts on that fellas? I mean, I, I don't know how much better Salas would have guarded Mahaney than Watson. Like Dan was saying, literally you look at all the highlights. It's not like Mahaney blew past Watson on any of them. Watson is in position and yeah, maybe Silas could have like forced some turnovers before the drive started. But I mean, I would trust the senior Watson, who's I think the entire team agrees is our best defender. If you're going for, you know, positions one through five and I don't know. I think it's more, you got to blame our offense instead of our defense for not closing out that game. We needed some more timely buckets uh Strother missed some huge free throws he only shot two of five from the line Timmy yeah. seven of nine I I caught hey. him he shoots bad from the line he great job Timmy seven of nine you know he they they probably their plan was let's just foul Timmy and send him to the line four turnovers not great but I digress I I don't think I I support few on keeping Watson on him I'll, I'll hop in real quick before anyone else agrees with that. I, I strongly disagree. I think, I think uh, they're two different defenders. I think Watson can guard the block better and, and operate down low, but perimeter defense, I mean, Salas has the ability to slide way faster than Anton does. Not to take away anything from Anton. I think they're just different position defenders. And so I think Salas has the ability to, you know, not allow Mahaney to penetrate in the first place. And I also think Salas plays a different style of defense where he's like constantly slashing with his hands and constantly making um, offensive players uncomfortable on the dribble. Um, you know, Salas had two fouls, so he had some fouls to play with, whereas Watson, you know, was carrying three or four towards the end of the game. That's also something to consider. Like put, you know, get that kid out of rhythm. If you have to foul him and send him the line, sure, make, you know, make two shots from the line, but at least you're thinking twice the next time you're going up for a layup. I just, 
it, it, it drives me nuts to see just like sticking with the same plan and it just failing the exact same way for five minutes. It's just, it was just, I'd rather, you know, I, just change it up to see if something else works at some point. That's just the way I feel. Um, I do recognize, you know, those were difficult shots, but I think we could have just prevented those shots from being taken in that position either way. Kid was one for eight from three point land. So start forcing the shoot threes. I think his one three was a bank in three and over time. He was one too. of eight from the three. Yeah. He, yeah. So he's like, not black confidence. You got to give that. Yeah. I just, just keep him out there. Like I, I just drove me crazy to watch. So I, I, I disagree. I think I, I did not like the decision by few, but I'm also, I don't have his experience. So hey, this is a Maybe. democracy. It's this is debate, you know, back and forth. We don't have to all be on the same side. Well, yeah. I think uh, I'm kind of with Jake on this one. I think just given the circumstance, you know, it felt like we were kind of trading baskets in that last like five minutes. And I think, Few's going to have his best five out there. And, you know, there's occasions where South is in that, you know, best five. But I just think there's other players whose offensive game is a little more farther along than South's is at this point. So, um, ultimately, I think Mahaney just made really tough shots. I think that's what I, you know, chalk it up to. Um, and it was his day. But, you know, I think in, you know, circumstances where we're up 10, when teams like this are making a run, Salas is absolutely in there and defending their, their best player. But that wasn't really the case in the scenario. So it's just trading baskets. So that's what I'm kind of resting my cap on. Yeah, Jake. Well, it is a democracy because pretty much everything that Zane said in his second clip is what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> totally agree on that point. And I don't know if you guys saw the photos that Stephen Carr tweeted out. And it was all of Mahaney's like ridiculous shots. It's basically half of a finger, if that separation between that ball going in and that getting blocked. And I don't know. I feel like Salas, he has length, he has hops. So I'm not saying he would have blocked it, but at least maybe get it a fingertip, you know, um, hats off to Mahaney, but yeah, Zane, pretty much everything he said was, what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, Dan, break this tie. Oh, man, I'm I'm so split on this. Um, so I I get why why Watson was on him, um, and why Watson was out there just with his size and his ability defensively. It made sense, but where I where I would have liked to see something different is that last possession. When Fuey puts Salas in the game, when Zane had been clamoring for it the whole last five minutes, <laughs> when Salas was in that game, Salas should have been in Aiden Mahaney's shorts and just not letting him do a single thing. Like, go, like, I hate saying this, but go like Davion Mitchell on him and just not let him beat you. And he he guarded, like, I don't know if it was Dukas or somebody in the corner that he just like wasn't even really involved in the play. And I'm like, you, you have that guard in that, in that instance, just have him on the ball and just see what you can make happen. Um, but Zane, you said it best too. Like at the end of the day, we're not Mark few. There's a reason that he's been, he's been doing this as long as he has and has the success that he has. So it's, you know, hindsight 2020 kind of thing. Um, speaking about hindsight, uh, I don't want to point out another reason we could have lost this game, but I believe at about the 10 minute mark left in the second half, Daniel, uh, sent out a 
a text to the group. Oh, no. We should have just bet money line, not money line and over. Was it a jinx? You know, um, no sad. doubt. No yeah. doubt. That's, yeah. I hope that's a rhetorical question because was, that is it was. <laughs> it was a setup. It was an oop, Zane. And I knew you were getting ready. To, you were you were getting ready to slam it down there. But um, Dan, how do you feel about jinxing this team to lose to 18th ranked St. Mary's? At that point in the game, I thought there was no way we were losing that game. I was feeling good. The whiskey was flowing. It was things things were going well, except for I was yelling at the TV a little bit too much. Got some feedback on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's but, always good to receive, you know, constructive criticism and, exactly. and grow from that. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, I thought that we totally had that game won. Um, I was, I was just, I did not see that that happening down the stretch. I thought Mahaney was just going to look like a little freshman from the Bay Area, and that he wasn't going to look like an NBA player, and. I was wrong. Um, I should have learned my lesson. I think I probably did something like this at some point last year too. So you won't be hearing from me anymore. Yeah, uh, I'll close close this kind of out or at least this portion of, you know, talking about Salas and what could have been maybe or if Anton was the right guy for the job at the time, just didn't go our way. Um, Fun fact here, boys, our starters uh, in total hit two three-pointers in this entire game and in overtime. Um, can you guess where those threes came from? I've already looked, so I won't guess. Ed, sorry, you said what now? The starters hit two? All the starters combined hit two threes. Who hit? Hickman and Anton. You have one. You have one of the threes was Hickman. Not Anton. Strother? Um, no. Bolton? No. What? They were both Hickman. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Put your spin cycle, Dan. Got him. Uh, Hickman had two. Yeah, he's two for three. Yeah, yeah. I remember that first one. I was loving that first one. I was like, we, okay. so Rasier Bolton didn't even attempt. Uh, Rasier, Timmy, and Watson didn't attempt threes. Strother went zero for four. Um, that's not really Gonzaga basketball. Uh, we kind of do rely on at least a couple of threes uh one more one more makes a, a big difference in this one I, I i wonder boys when this game went to overtime where was your mindset because if i'm being perfectly honest with you i felt like we still had it i still i still i don't know why i knew this mahaney kid was dominating us but i thought you know getting the team in a huddle and you know re- sort of bouncing back i, I thought we were still going to win um, and we did not. We got rolled in overtime, seventeen to nine. So, <laughs> what do you guys feel about that? A team that's played, you know, largely well in close games, really flopped in overtime. Um, I mean, I I thought along the same lines you did. I thought we were we're the more talented team, and that would just kind of come out the further we went. But <clears throat> again, I think St. Mary's played more disciplined. It felt like we were trying to force everything to Timmy and started panicking when a two-point lead became a four-point lead, became a seven-point lead. Uh, and then I think the once St. Mary's took like a six-point lead, it felt like the crowd just kind of made it very difficult for us to get back into it. I think in that game, um, when we blow that lead, 
St. Mary's comes back, they force it to overtime. Like they have the advantage at that point, home court. Um, but to be honest with you, what I was thinking was when I was texting about how I hate the over under that all of a sudden we were going to hit the over, we were going to win. We were going to win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that didn't happen. But the, I mean, really where, where it turned in overtime was that goddamn banked three by Mahaney. Of course that, that, that goes in there. That's such a bad miss normally. And it just freaking banks in. And then they what did he call them. bank? I can't Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, Dan, real quick, while I, I was listening to uh Anton Watson's new podcast. Um, what is it? Something 22, take 22, take 22, take 22 and he <laughs> talked about that bank shot and basically admitted that when they saw that go in, he was just like, Oh man. Real yes, quick, that's it. <laughs> why didn't he call his podcast catch 22? It was right there. Uh, it was literally just like is there a Catch-22 podcast? I feel like there has to be. There right? has to, yeah, but it it's like, it was a book favorite. first. It's a common saying. You can't monopolize the saying. You can't trademark the saying Catch-22. Yeah. Well, I'm, for one, thrilled that we have two players podcasting now. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back to, to, to Cooper, Zambi. Did you guys have any feelings heading towards overtime? Uh, my initial thoughts were, hey, free basketball. And that's how I felt going into overtime. Hell and yeah. then um, quickly as kind of a panic meter started to get a little bit higher and higher. And was in overtime, the it was a three-point shot that was called a foul when he basically flopped. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I was pretty drunk by that time. I'm not quite yeah, sure. <laughs> overtime, that's why I was still optimistic is because I was heavily – whiskified whiskeyified <laughs> whiskinated whiskinated yeah that's a good one i too don't don't recall this particular play um, i remember motherfuckers just slipping all over the floor oh yeah yes. oh my god yes that was horrible with the slipping we had the the flopping by kyle bowen get that guy out of my face joe few could standing. have been an mvp this game if they had put him back on floor wiping duty yeah and uh he could have saved us two baskets there so um, just a little bit of context for you guys. Um, it was a three-pointer. Anton defended it and then basically like turned around. Didn't even really box him out. The guy just flops. And then it's three free throws. I'm pretty sure he hit all three. It was just like, pardon my French, but it's fucking bullshit. And <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. And at that point, I knew like, we're not going to win this game. I, I do remember that play now, Zambi. Good call. Good call. I think for me, like I still thought we had a chance and we did. When we were down four, we get that steal. Hickman on the breakaway tries to go reverse and rolls his oh, ankle. Uh, yeah. That that was the backbreaker. That's oh, when I knew it was over. Without yeah. his ankle okay? I can't even remember how that ended. No, I mean, he no status game. Mark yeah. Few was very, um, like, just a very short, sarcastic answer after the game. It's like, the coach like, what does uh, Nolan's ankle look like? He's like, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. It just happened five minutes ago. <laughs> he was just like, really? <laughs> question. Oh, sorry for asking about your starting point guard, coach. My bad. Yeah. But that's that's kind of an interesting development. Like, I think whenever there's any kind of injury at Gonzaga, we don't know a goddamn thing until tip-off. So is Nolan Hickman good? Is he playing tomorrow? Is, like, is that going to change our rotation? What's that going to do? But really, I mean, at that point in the game, we still had a chance. Like we, I think it was like a minute 30 and we were down four. So we scored there. We're down two. We just play defense, get a stop score. We're tied. Like 
we were we were still right there, and then the wheels came off. And Quick game. Hypothetically, if Hickman is is not playing tomorrow, are we all in agreement that Malachi is the is the replacement, or are there Salas? Well, shit. I was saving this for the state of the. Zone. Oh, right, we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save it, Jake. We'll, we'll, you know what? We'll, unless Cooper, do you have a closing thought on overtime? You got anything original? Any original ideas? No original ideas. I think you guys covered it. Let's move All on. Right. All right. Well, boys, uh, I, I, what seems to be a common theme here uh, during this game was uh, what, what do we call it? Whiskinated? Is that what you said? <laughs> Whiskinated. Whiskinated. Uh, the boys, the, the drinks were flowing uh, late, late Saturday night, mountain time. I uh, I decided to draft what was a fairly, well, I'll call, I'll call it a story, a, a book of sorts, and sent it to the boys. Uh, extremely long text message that I wrote while sitting on the toilet in my hotel room at <laughs> 2 a.m. Uh, what it, mountain time it, while at Whitefish, Montana. Uh, don't remember the bulk of it, but I remember being very upset with Dan the entire time I was writing it. Um, and then just yesterday or two days ago, if you're listening, we had the president's State of the Union speech. And so sort of the inspiration of those two events combined uh, we're going to rattle off what we're calling the state of the Zags right here, the state of Gonzaga basketball this year. Um, we kind of know what we're working with at this point. Um, it's February. It's this, it's, you know, February, what, 8th, 9th, 10th. I don't know when people are listening to this, but you know, we're past the first week of February. Um, and so we're going to, we're going to rattle off our state of the union real quick. And since Jake was, chomping at the bit and i almost stole his idea i'll turn it right back over to him well i didn't even consider hickman wasn't going to be starting but my thought before before i go into my plan my plan to fix the zags uh can anyone tell me what malachi smith's three-point percentage is on the season without looking any guesses 45 wrong i would say i'd say uh 40 it's gonna, blow, it's gonna blow your guys' mind. Oh shit. 56%. He's made the same amount of threes as Rasir Bolton while shooting 21 less threes than Rasir Bolton. He currently leads the country in three-point percentage. Why is he not starting? Why is he not taking more threes? Like he's taken half as many threes as Strother, who I get, he's a volume scorer. He needs to shoot a lot. But we need to be feeding Malachi the ball. And like Zane said, I think it is time to put Malachi in the starting lineup. Bolton can be our leading scorer on the backup unit on the second, you know, on the bench. I think he'd be a great spark plug. And then if he, then we can kind of, you know, filter who, who we play more. I think this last game, Malachi actually played more minutes. Um, the exact same, 26 for both. Yeah, but I think Malachi, he's shown he's shooting better this year from the three. He's a better driver. Uh, I think he turns the ball over less. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Zane's bane of existence is Rasir Bolton's forced uh, layups. And he he shoots 84% from the free throw line. Like, why are we not using Malachi more is, is my point. And... As a Zag Nation, I think we should march on the street and demand the Malachi is put into the starting lineup. 
Thank you. Hi. Um, all right. <clears throat> Let's turn it over to Cooper. I haven't heard you talk, Cooper. What is your state of the Zags right now? <laughs> it's not a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think to uh, the condensed version is that we're a good team, but we're by no means a great team this year. I think we just kind of have to wrap our heads around that. Um, you know, I just haven't seen us – we've seen great games. We've seen a great game against Alabama, but we've also seen really bad games against teams like LMU. So – and we just – I don't know. We just haven't been consistent, and I think, you know, if I'm a betting man, I don't know if we get out of the first weekend. And I think I'm, you know, pretty confident that that might be the case this year. So. Um, I don't know. I think it's, you know, the, the pieces just aren't there this year. And, but that happens. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is, but um, yeah, that's, that's all I really have. Damn. The state of Gonzaga is not good in Cooperville right now in Cooperstown, you could say. Hey. Uh, Dan, for the love of God, bring us back from that. You think I got something better than that? I, I at least know it'll end with some rah-rah kettle club bullshit. Can. This whole damn thing is rah-rah. So <laughs> without without further ado, gentlemen, this is the state of the Zags. The journey has been long and it's been arduous. It's not the one that we dreamt of when we started the season thinking that this just might finally be the year. But tonight, my fellow Zags, I'm here to tell you that the dream of cutting down the nets in Houston and having our long overdue one shining moment is still very much alive. Now you might be asking, how can this possibly be the team that gets over the hump? To answer that question, simply look around at all the teams ahead of us in the rankings. There is chaos everywhere we look. We talk about it every week. As we know, this program and this team is never going to be defined by the regular season, but by what happens in March. It's time to stop looking through the rearview mirror and realize everything that this team set out to accomplish is in front of them. March is about momentum, matchups, and a little bit of luck. I know what I saw last week. Believe the momentum is turning. We have elite players who are in this program to win and win at the highest level. We have the only coach who has been to the last eight Sweet 16s, including two national championship appearances. This program arrived onto the national scene when nobody believed we had a chance. That same sentiment exists now. And for once in the last four years, we are a true underdog. That's a dangerous mentality for a team that has the talent and pedigree that the Zags do. It starts tomorrow, boys, but we will run the table and go into the tourney as one of the hottest teams in the field. From there, anything can happen. And I love our chances against anybody in the country. Let's unite, put the negativity behind us, and get ready for one hell of a ride in March. Who's with me? Hey, God damn. Yeah. I'll be honest, I was laughing at the beginning, but I got really excited towards that. I yeah. like you got to be pumped. Wow. God, work must have been slow this week because <laughs> yeah. we could tell you prepared that one for some time. I was thinking about that today on my walk uh, after work with Zoe, and then I was writing it. <laughs> so if I ever was checked out at times, that's why. Oh, okay. man. 
Fair enough. Uh, it felt like you had, you know, we had the two shoulders, the devil and the angel on your shoulders. Cooper staying there, you know, we're done, we're dead. Uh, first week exit, if he had to bet money, he would, despite continuously betting the Zags with us. And then Dan on the other side saying that, you know, we're going to turn around tomorrow. I loved it. I loved it. Zambi. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jake. Oh, no. Zambi's got it. Zambi, where would you lie on the spectrum and what is your state of Gonzaga? Yeah, so Zambi's uh, state of the Zags here. Seems like the Cold War is coming in March. But that is if you check Gonzaga Twitter. That place is the wild, wild west. There's nuclear waste everywhere. I think this is a good team. Obviously, there's things that we can fix. I think it needs to start at free throws, cohesiveness as a team. Because there have been times that we just look lackadaisical. We don't know what the hell is going on out there. And that leads me to my second point. I'm not being critical of Drew Timmy here. I think he's a good leader. But I'm not sure if he's great. And it's tough to be a great leader in today's basketball world, being a four or a five. For instance, Nikola uh, Jokic on the Nuggets. That's like an outlier for sure. And they don't need a ton of superstars around him. He gets it done. We don't have superstars around. Timmy is no Nikola by any means. And so I think someone else on the team needs to step it up, whether that be Strother, Hickman, Malachi, Razier. Nobody really knows outside of that locker room. And I think if we can channel that, we will get out of the first weekend for Coop. That's what I'm saying here. Go Zags. And, you know, we'll see Mark Few on the fly fishing trails and whitefish here at some point. Nice. Well said, Zambi. <clears throat> All right, boys, I'll, I'll, I'll close it out for us. Didn't write anything out, but I certainly gave it some, some thought on my morning walk with Pangos this morning. God, what I would do to have Pangos back. Um, fellas. Ladies and gentlemen, folks, these are dire times. We are living in dire times right now. Enemies from the South have breached the walls of Gonzaga. The WCC has taken us under siege. We have lived, uh, we have lived for a while now, ignoring these facts. We have. We have made excuses for why these facts aren't true, but it's time for us to look up, look up at the TV and open your eyes. This is who our team is, and this is who they are likely going to be for the remainder of the season. Up to this point, this is a team that does not consistently play with effort on the defensive end, nor on the rebounding on the glass. Um, and they don't make free throws. They don't make free throws. Um, that's what this team has been up to this point. We keep on, we keep on coming up with reasons why this team can change, whether it's entering a rivalry game in Moraga or entering another rivalry game or, or bouncing back from, um, a historic home loss, ending a historic home streak. Uh, eventually one of these excuses will land for us boys eventually this team is going to have to wake up and start playing with an intensity that we have not seen 
for at least a month and a half this year. They have to, because if they don't, uh, Cooper's right. We're not getting out of round one. And we as fans had absolutely zero control of this. Uh, even when we're at our most frustrated, we're still watching these fucking games and still on the edge of our seat. And we're still betting the spread every goddamn time because we're fucking Gonzaga fans. And that's what we do. That said, us betting the spread isn't going to help this team win. This team, like Zandy said, needs a fucking leader. It needs a leader. It needs a vocal presence in the locker room. I don't know where that's going to come from. And if it's not the players, then God damn it, it's got to be Mark Field. It's got to be someone. Take control. Um, I don't think this team is going to run the table heading into March. I would love to see that. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, what I'll tell you fans is just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay locked in. Stick with this team. Get to March. Get to March, and who knows what the fuck is going to happen. I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up your asses telling you that Drew Timmy's going to average 35 for the remainder of the season and Strother's going to beat there right, right alongside him and we're going to dominate St. Mary's two more times and get revenge on them. I don't know if that's going to happen. What I do know is we will make it to March. We will be present. College basketball is all sorts of fucked this year, so I don't know who's good. I don't even know that our matchup really matters aside from the fact that I really hope we don't go up against a seven-footer. Aside from that, let's get there. Let's get there, fans. Why not us? Why not Gonzaga? Why not be the hunter for once? With that said, there's still time. And in the words of Eric McClellan, it's not over. Isn't that what he said that no. one year? What did he say? He said the marathon continues. The marathon continues. In the words we of Eric McClellan. We need an HBO series this year. That's what I thought in the HBO series, you heard the fans yelling, it's not over, as it faded to black. That totally yeah. happened. Okay, that had nothing to do with Eric McClellan. I well, it was after his speech. It was after <laughs> his speech. No, dude, that was just the student section. We're just chanting, it's not over. And just like total losers when we lost to St. Mary's on senior night. Dan, Zane, you were yeah. leading that chant. No, I was not. I was only a junior, so I was not leading that. I was not you guys, president. You guys do realize that's a Nipsey Hustle quote, right? Well, in the words of Nipsey Hustle, <laughs> it's not over. It's not over seems so vague. How can you attribute that to <laughs> one person? No, no, no. The marathon continues. Oh, the marathon continues. Okay. I thought you might be right. over. The Jesus. state of the Gonzaga is over. It's time to look forward, boys. And it starts now. We have two games coming up. Two games that the first time we played uh, were close. We're close and, and quite frankly, very losable games. Uh, but but our Zags came through when, it, when they needed to most, and they won. That's right. We got San Francisco tonight, I guess right if we count the episodes coming out on thursday san francisco in spokane um and then byu uh also in spokane on saturday uh very quickly let's talk about san francisco keys to the game give me your key to the game and then your prediction jake all right um keys to the game i would say this is going to sound cliche but just start off strong like, we cannot start out flat like we did against San Francisco at San Francisco, where we let them take a, what, 12-point lead at one point, I think. I was at that game. Very depressing game for every part until, like, the last minute. Um, yeah, just establish our rhythm, play at our pace, make them be responsive, not dictating for the Dons, and rely on the kennel to just show that we still have the best 
probably top four environment in college basketball. And let's show these Dons why they've lost their last two in a row. I like it. What is your prediction? Okay. Uh, well, Ken Palm's official prediction is 86-73. I think that's a little optimistic. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 79-72 Zags. Oh, no. That's... it's not going to be pretty i think we're going to control the game i think we're going to go in a cold we always go in a cold spell during these games especially this year um but i think we'll band together we won't let san francisco take the lead late and we'll stop the run and maintain a healthy seven point like gap it's not going to be like we're up four and then we make free throws and end up by seven it's more like we're up 10 and then san francisco makes a basket and we only win by seven fair enough fair enough an optimistic seven a seven up i'll call it oh all right so my key the game i guess i'll do two keys against usf as jake said we have to band together we have to band together as brothers (laughs) and gonzaga win Ah, shoot, I screwed that up. Uh, <clears throat> keys to the Bounce game. Back. I didn't use that. Huh? Bounce back. Bounce back. Yeah, I think it's going to take a collective effort from our starters. Um, we've already talked about how they just didn't get done against St. Mary's. So that, and then I've been saying this since sixth grade, we got to hit our free throws. <laughs> and <laughs> Gonzaga wins if we do become a band of brothers and at least three of our starting five is over double digits scoring i like it did you was there a score prediction there oh score prediction it's on the rubric uh i'm gonna say 83 to 75 another single digit game daniel son you're next on my screen all right well based on um my state of the Zags, we need to uh, take it right to these Dons tomorrow. I think the keys to the game, I love what Jake said, all about that fast start. Got to bottle up Khalil Shabazz, make somebody else beat us, get some early foul trouble on the big fellas when they're dealing with Timmy, um, and just play the way we're capable of and not let the foot off the gas. I think we're favored by 15. Oh. Um, I got us when. 85-73. Not a cover. Well, very close to Ken Palm's prediction there. Good. Yeah. Dan's a stats guy. Big stats guy. Cooper? Uh, Yeah, I think the key to this game is just playing lockdown perimeter defense and getting out to a fast start somewhere to the Santa Clara. Um, And I don't know. I guess I'm just optimistic about this, but I think we win like 88-70. I think we blow out the Dons. <laughs> so, um, a rare optimistic. Wow. Um, well, I'm just looking at like their latest box score, and they just lost to Santa Clara by 14, and we just blew the absolute doorknobs off the Broncos. So, I don't know. I think the boys will be a little pissed after what happened in Moraga, and we'll see that you know in the first you know 10, 15 minutes of this game. So, if we get out to a fast start. I think the Dons are just going to start hooking up shots and it's going to get ugly quick. <clears throat> nice. All right. I'll close it out for San Francisco. Uh, my keys to the game, 
uh, are, it's real simple, just one, one key, one stat that we have to control. And that's maybe not giving up 45 rebounds to San Francisco this time around. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, competing a little bit more on the glass. Uh, obviously a couple weeks ago, the rebounding differential was 45 to 26. Um, if we, you know, even cut half into the rebounds that they got, you know, we win this game by double digits. Um, am I confident that that happens? <sighs> like, not really, but I really, really want it to happen. So I think it it might. Um, I would, I'd like to think, you know, the Zags bounce back against a tough St. Mary's game where really it felt like we were playing well for the bulk of that game. I hope, I hope we don't, you know, we carry some of that momentum. Um, I, I, I think we win 85, 75. I think it's a double digit win. I think 15 point spread is like absurd, which means if you're at home, lock it in now, uh, fade, fade Zane on that one. Um, but I think I just do like the fundamental things right in this game. I, I'm not going to bring up free throws cause that shit's not going to change with this team it's just not you can change rebounding though like you can just play harder and so i'd like to see that uh bigger game i think maybe not actually but byu at least bigger for us as as you know seniors that lost to these fuckers uh on our on our senior night uh last time byu will be visiting the kennel uh this saturday they are currently led by this dallin hall character it seems like another freshman another pesky freshman who honestly plays a lot like Aiden Mahaney and did play against Aiden Mahaney like Aiden Mahaney so I'm a little bit concerned about this game fellas I think if you're sitting at home and you're saying oh this is a different BYU team they haven't really showed up this year I think you're a little bit crazy um they always seem to bring it to Gonzaga they they absolutely should have won that game against us if it weren't for a couple of uh, late heroics by the Zags in in Provo, um, but this is going to be a battle, boys, and this is definitely one that you know maybe Jake can correct me, but I be what is the what is the probability in this? What what is the uh, is Ken Palm? Ken Palm has us winning. Let's see, eighty one seventy one gives us an eighty two percent chance of winning. Oof. It gives us an eighty eight percent chance of beating San Francisco. Okay. Uh, Koopy, where does the Koopy meter lie on BYU coming to Spokane? Um, in honor of our Mormons. I don't think I've used this one yet, so I'm using it wisely. I'm going to go 69%. Yes. <laughs> ah, the super soaker spread. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coop, give us the rest of your wrap-up. He's to the game prediction. Uh, similar to San Francisco, I think didn't BYU just light us up from three. I think Gideon George has had a field day from the perimeter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'll pull it up real quick just to to confirm with you. Uh, no, the, the Triore kid. No, I yeah, no. Gideon had was four of seven, and Robinson was five of seven. Everyone shot the lights out. They shot fifty four percent and made. Yeah, so I think you know, some of San Francisco just playing, you know, locked down perimeter defense, forcing the you know into you know out of rhythm jump shots getting boards um i think we should be able to handle this game with relative ease uh so yeah give me a final of 85 72 interesting 
Nice pick, Cooper. For someone who thinks the Zags are bouncing first round, you've certainly taken some of these more difficult WCC games, and sounds like we're going to handle them with, handle them with relative yeah, ease. The key word there is WCC games. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not playing Big 12 teams here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Daniel Sun? Yep. Uh, first of all, we do have, um, I'm, I refuse to call it by its new name, There, there is Tent City this weekend for this game. Um, so that would be that would be an electric. Wait, you mean the kennel camp or what's the new name for it? Kennel camp out. Tent city. Um, kennel there cuddle. Is, there is tent city. Ooh, I like the kennel cuddle. The kennel cuddle is nice. Dan, as a kennel board president, former, do you have any vote in this matter? Were you uh, contacted by the current kennel board? <laughs> I was not. They they did not uh, respect their elders and and ask us our thoughts. Um, my thoughts might have been a little different than what they uh, came to, but that's neither here nor there. Back to this game. Um, I think BYU uh, played like one of their best games of the year against us at BYU in that environment, in that crowd, all that. I think that's why their numbers were what they were. I do not see um, guys like Jackson Robinson, Spencer Johnson, and Gideon George all absolutely lighting it up from three. They don't have the size. Big, big old Triore was was a nice player. He battled. He's going to be in foul trouble. These these players don't don't step up the way that they do at home when they come to the kennel. We're going to beat them eighty seven to seventy one. Drew Timmy feasting on the Cougars for the final time in his career. Oh, spicy Zeblin. Well, let's see here. I think the key to the game, play Gonzaga basketball. Short, sweet, that's all it is. And hear the Provo, there is no rock in Spokane, Washington. Zags win 85-68 statement. Middle finger to you salamander people. Huh. You understand Mormon religion. (laughs) Follow that one up, Jake. Man, well, I was I was trying, I was going for a super optimistic take too. So it's just gonna sound more of the same. But we fucking crushed the Mormons 98 (laughs) to 78. Three players in the 20s. We got Malachi Smith with 24, Timmy with 22, and Strother with 20 along with four other players in double digits. I don't even know if that math works out, but we're going <laughs> to do it because fuck BYU. Have fun in the dregs of the Big 12. We're sending you there in a body bag. Zags by 20. Oh, yes. Get you some. Um, I feel like we're going to struggle with either San Francisco or BYU. I feel like... I- <laughs> nope nope i refuse to think about that zane i feel like we've been watching this team we've we've all been watching the same team we've not really dominated two wcc games in a row i don't know i i feel like the bounce back game is san francisco i feel like byu is going to be a slugfest and it's bullshit um because i want to beat them so badly but they always kind of like 
travel a little bit well and their fans that's like the two or three rows that sit behind the bench are always just so loud it feels like for just a little cohort of people that little group really brings it uh every single time they show up and it's annoying as hell i think byu has actually played pretty well in their past two games they really mollywhopped uh, LMU 89 to 61. And then they kind of gave it to Pacific right after that, 81-66. Those are two pretty shitty WCC teams, but one of them beat us at one point at home. Um, they do play well in Spokane. Uh, so I, I, that makes me nervous. I don't, I'm not nervous to the point where I think we're going to lose. I think it's going to be a single-digit game, though, and it's going to be a fucking, like, ugly little slugfest. Is Sean Farnham coming to the SPO for this one? It's an ESPN game. He's got a jerk-off onto his flatbread, so yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Jake. He's got to be there. I hope this is a, my mother listens to this show. <laughs> Sorry, this is, is a Gary. <laughs> um, I just – I. I I hope I hope we beat them boys, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 85-79. This is gonna be an uncomfortable, uncomfortable win in my opinion. Um, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to be wrong, and I want Jake's, you know, eight players in double digits dream to come true. But fellas, that's to be determined. If there's gonna be a bounce back, could it start tonight against San Francisco? to be determined i'll hand it off to jake for the super bowl segment thank you zane going into lighter topics that we have less emotions invested in super bowl sunday's coming up america sunday we got the kansas city chiefs led by patrick mahomes and travis kelsey versus jalen hurts and uh, i guess his kelsey um playing in beautiful hot Phoenix, Arizona, you know, I, what, what's the best thing about Phoenix? Probably leaving, but we'll see. We'll see. So boys, what are our predictions? Where do, who's going to win this game? We got the proven product in Patrick Mahomes with uh, Jalen Hurts. Have they announced MVP yet? It's probably between these two quarterbacks for MVP, right? I have seen it's it's Patrick Mahomes is the favorite, then it's Hurts, and then I think it's Kelsey, right? Wait, oh, in the or, Super Bowl or for the season? Oh, 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 I was talking about Super Bowl. Oh, I was like. No, Jake, you're right. I think it's uh, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and then maybe Joe Burrow and like Justin Jefferson, something like that. Okay, well, I mean, well, Dan, I have you at first on the list. Um Give me who do you think is going to win the game? Give me the score and give me the MVP. Oh, boy. This is a doozy. Um, I am going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs because I just do not see a world where Patrick Mahomes is losing his in his back-to-back Super Bowl appearances, even though they didn't go last year, you know what I mean, the year before. Um, I think that – So not Eagles, back-to-back. But his back-to-back – the one that he went to, and then the next one makes it back. He's not losing two Super Bowls in a row. Okay. Okay. I know you're having a hard time following me today, Zane, but that's, that's just not back to back. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Um, But yeah, I I just, I just can't, can't bet against Patrick Mahomes in this. I think he is far and away the better quarterback in this game. Um, I think the 
the Chiefs have the two best skill players in this game for sure when it's Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And then if you look at the Eagles, like their playoff run, they beat Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson. Like they haven't played a formidable offense like the Chiefs. Um, and I just think that when it comes to it here, Mahomes' legacy is on the line. Like going one and two in your first three Super Bowls versus two and one is a huge difference. I think Mahomes is the best player on the field. I think Mahomes is a Super Bowl MVP for the second time in his young career. I think the Chiefs win 31-27. Ooh, good Super Bowl. So that's back-to-back Super Bowl MVPs, right? Yeah, back-to-back Super Bowl <laughs> wins and MVPs for Patrick Mahomes. Back-to-back Super Bowl MVPs for the games that he's won, yep. I love it. I love it. Zane, you're next. Um, God, I, yeah, I talked about last week, how I, how I think the Kansas city chiefs are like a kind of a cringy team. And that's aside from the whole family, the Mahomes family stuff. I don't really care about that, but I have a really hard time picturing Jalen hurts leading the Eagles to a super bowl victory. Um, and, and I know that he's, you know, MVP candidate this year. I know that the, the defense is built horrifically and they don't they just dominated a battered um 49ers team but I, I feel like you just got to go with experience here and the experience is like heavily on the on the Chiefs who are back-to-back Super Bowl uh participants here um Patrick Mahomes uh, he's he I, he's I don't I don't think he's gonna lose this one I can't see it he's gonna win he's gonna win the Super Bowl um he has a chance to sort of you know, be in the hunt at a really young age on, you know, Brady's Super Bowl streak. We're, as we see one historic record broken by LeBron two nights ago, um, this Sunday, we could see the hunt for the next streak, which is, you know, Brady's Brady's Super Bowl championships. Um, I think that's fun to see. Uh, I, 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 got, I got Chiefs in what I hope is a good game. Um, 35, 35-24, but it's a, it's a close 35-24. It's like the Chiefs score at the end to, to close it out. And then who's your MVP? Is it Mahomes? I mean, it has to be, right? Yeah. How, like, how could it not, not be? Maybe. Actually, Kelsey. no, no. Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> oh my god and that he's gonna close. juju on that beat afterwards gonna t- yeah i was gonna say is he gonna tiktok after this oh man he's gonna be in so many pizza hut commercials after this god talk about an athlete who has really like disappeared in his career after being like pretty big initially yeah what better um, stage than to reintroduce himself yeah well, great pick. Um, Coop, I know you had an out at eight, so should I just get your pick right now? or, or do you Hard have- out. Hard out. Uh, Yeah, I can buy. I have like 10 minutes I can spare. The butter chicken is going off in the background. You can hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, don't overthink this one, Chiefs. Uh, I just think the stage is too big for Jalen Hurts and the rest of that team. Um, I think, uh, final score, uh, 27, 20, um, and Kelsey. 
is your MVP. Ooh. What does it take for Kelsey to be MVP? Two touchdowns and like over 100 yards? Uh, Yeah, is that what Cooper Cup had last year? Because I know he was MVP. Cooper Cup was MVP last year, right? Or was it Stafford? I think it was Cup. Was it, it was Cup? Cup? I think it was Cup. Did he have two? Did he have two tugs? Yeah. If you're a receiver or a tight end, you definitely need multiple touchdowns and like at least over 150 yards, right? I would say. Yeah. Sleeper, sleeper pick. Sleeper pick. Chris Jones on the defense. Ooh. Ooh. A game-winning sack kind of thing. I don't. I don't know if you can give up 20 points and be have a defense player of MVP. I guess unless it's score, like a Malcolm Butler, like scoop and score, scoop and score, always, always a possibility. They call him the ice cream man. Easy gets all the scoops. Oh God. Okay, I'll pass it off to Zambi because that joke didn't land. Um, Zambi prediction. Score MVP. Fly Eagles fly, baby. Nice. I knew I knew Zambi was an Eagles fan. I'm not a fan. I just appreciate the people of Philadelphia. <laughs> you just identify with the culture. <laughs> Brotherly love. Uh I'm gonna say 31-28. Ooh, a close one. MVP. Yes, AJ MVP. Brown. Fuck, you took my MVP. Uh, uh, great pick, great pick though. Not mad about it. Yeah, I think he gets two tutties, one ten plus receiving, and probably gets one jet sweep. One jet sweep. I like how that's part of his stats. <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna follow you, Zambi. Here, I, I have a very similar prediction. I was gonna go Eagles. I think they win. 38 to 30. I think they jump out to an early lead and then the Chiefs are just trying to play catch up the entire game. Um I'll just switch my MVP to Hertz. Uh just because I thought I if I was gonna bet on an MVP, I think my money would be on AJ Brown. It's like a $20 bet that would probably probably pay off like eight to one. Um probably won't happen, but I don't know. Which team do you guys want to win? Like, I feel like both these teams have won Super Bowls too recently that I'm not like, normally I like to root for the underdogs in Super Bowls, um, but I don't, like, I can't really talk myself into any underdog in, in this scenario. You know what I mean? Jalen Hurts, Eagles. That would be, I mean. Oh, oh what, he won a championship at Alabama and yeah, then with the Oklahoma was, quarterback? He was Dan, drafted. the Eagles are favored. In this okay. game, I understand what? that, but if we're talking about a story to like buy into, Jalen Hurts was drafted to be Carson Wentz backup. No one thought he was good enough to be a starter in the NFL, and he's an MVP candidate, and he could win a Super Bowl and beat Patrick Mahomes. Like, there's your story. I guess that's fair. I don't know. I think it's just because the franchise has won so recently. It's just, I would rather cheer for Jason Kelsey over Travis Kelsey. That's what I'm cheering for. Travis Kelsey is crossing into that fringe, uh, cringe territory. You know yeah. what I mean? He's he's following his friend Juju. Hey, you, don't be such a jabroni, Jake. <laughs> Calling out mayors. Who does he think he is? Nick well, that, also underdog. 
No one thought he'd be any good at like a good coach at all. Who's this? Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach. Does he fall under the Andy Reid coaching tree? Um, Andy Reid, actually, I was reading an article the other day. Andy Reid, when he let when he got fired from Philly and went to Kansas City, Nick Sirianni was on the staff there and he didn't retain Nick Sirianni. And then Nick Hmm. Sirianni went wherever the hell Nick Sirianni went. So kind of funny that like Andy Reid could have hired him and he didn't. And now they are here. They are double revenge game. Grudge match. Grudge match. Love it. Well, moving on to our next Super Bowl topic, we got our fun novelty prop bets that we're going to get all our predictions on, see which boys are the the best gamblers, Um, because clearly college football is not our game, so maybe silly prop bets are. So starting out, we have the classic coin toss. Only one of two options, heads or tails. Um, Who's going heads on this one, boys? Zane, heads. It looks like the rest of us are tails never fails, boys. Is that correct? 100%. I did I did some research uh, before the show. The past three Super Bowls, it's been tails. So, heads is due. Heads is due. I don't know if that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> the way to coin everyone knows. It's like, it's like when you're at the roulette table and you're looking at the board and you see a lot of reds have hit recently. Maybe it's time to switch to black. I don't know. Uh, Zane, how, how's that worked out for you? <laughs> I've actually done okay at the roulette table. Who's getting a phone call right now? Daniel's son. Look at his. <laughs> look at his Damn, it, Dan. Was, Damn it, Damn it. That was definitely me. Poop oh, <laughs> is the date here? Business calls. Uh, no. No date tonight. Oh. One okay. that phone toss trends actually pay attention to, though. Um, the last eight Super Bowl coin toss winners have lost the game. Ooh. So oh. if live bet, live bet, exactly live bet, live bet the loser of the toss or the but winner because they're due. Zane's logic winners do. You got to bet the opposite one because they're due. <laughs> like the Zags, the Zags are due for a good yeah. free throw shooting night. We've we've supposed to have had a bounce back game, and now all those bounces are combined into a super bounce. So we're gonna have a thirty point win, a rubber band ball of sorts. Exactly, it's physics. Um, okay, moving on. We have our Gatorade color. Um, so is this the Gatorade that's poured onto the the players after? Right, it's a winning team's Gatorade color. Coach, the coach, the coach, Gatorade okay. bath. I'll go first. Sure. I got orange. I'm with Dan. Ooh, the Chiefs orange. did orange orange in the last Super Bowl also. Did did they actually? I was picturing orange, but I didn't yeah. know for sure. You looked it I'm up? going, I'm going lime green because I think the Eagles are gonna win it, and I think that's a, a classic Gatorade color. If yeah, Same Cooper, you, you also um if this whole like orange thing is true about the, I'm I'm assuming this is like the when they won the Super Bowl right against uh, the Niners. Yeah. Then yeah, I'll ride that. Oh, you're on the orange team. If you're the Chiefs and you switch up the Gatorade color, you deserve to lose. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, all right, like maybe they're rationals. They probably had it against the Bucks and then they lost. So. Fair. Actually, due. Okay, the Gatorade me, is due. Give me 
Fruit punch, give me red. Red. Oh, okay. Coop's changing it up. On Ooh, me. red. Not a popular pick amongst odds makers. You think it would be because the Chiefs are red. Like that's yeah. a primary color. I was a little too the, sweet. I looked up the Eagles photo from when they won the Super Bowl. They were lime. They, they were the lemon lime flavor. Oh. There's no <laughs> way it's not lemon lime. It has the, to be if the Eagles win. Has to be. All right. Moving down, we have, will there be a flea flicker in the game? I'm going no. I feel like all the teams, like, we have two great offensive coaches, I feel like, playing against each other. I feel like they're going to go through all the chess moves and then keep thinking the other coach is going to counter them, so they're just going to play it safe. I'm going no flea flicker. Ooh, Jake doesn't like fun. Uh, I'm going no flea flicker either, but, and this kind of goes back to my MVP prediction, Travis Kelsey throws a touchdown to Patrick Mahomes. Ooh, got off like a pitch. I love that. Little little Mike Williams to Matt Leonard in the Rose Bowl, Zane. Yeah. I'm going to go no flea flicker. Oh, after he says, I hate fun. Is there a trick play, Zane? <laughs> Yeah, there's a trick play. I, I, I see uh, I see some sort of uh, Philly special scenario hopping, just kind of like what you said, Coop. I, I could I could 100% see that. And that could lock up the Travis Kelsey uh, MVP if he throws a touchdown pass. Uh, lock it in. Does he have the best arm on the team for, like, position, like a receiver? Uh, it used to be Tyreek. You know, I heard a story that he played quarterback in high school. And Correct. He was, he was beat out by Geno Smith at West Virginia. Yeah. Okay, so definitely Kelsey's throwing a touchdown in yep, this yep. game. Lock it in. I love that pick. Great pick. I mean, well, that's not a flea flicker pick. Not a flea flicker. Not a flea flicker. Who has a flea flicker? Does Dan? I, I, I don't see a flea flicker. I think a flea flicker is too basic. I think Andy oh. Reid is going to do that thing where they all spin around again and then run a play. Oh, God. Something something fun like that or some weird misdirection, handoff, fumble, ruski type stuff, but a flea flicker is too basic. Or is it just basic enough? See, that's what I'm thinking. Statue of Liberty, <laughs> that's what they should do. I, I knew I could get Zamblin with that one. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it'd be some shit Patrick Mahomes pulls, you know. I think it's going to happen. You you really? like the flea flicker, Zambi? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can anyone here guess what the odds are that a flea flicker occurs according to DraftKings? Plus 680. Plus 180. Plus Neither No. It, is it in between those two? It's in between those two, yes. Cooper? Uh, the odds that a flea flicker happens? Yes. I don't even know. Like, what, plus 300 or something? Uh, no. Jake, you were the closest. Plus 210. Ooh, I mean, that's pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. I'd probably take that, actually. I kind of like that. What we should do is find a site where we take the average of all of our of the pod spets and just do a parlay, like a crazy. Ooh. So we do it would be tails, it would be 
It looks like orange Gatorade is the favorite. Oh, I know. We'd have to choose between orange and lime green. And then it looks like flea flicker. No, so far. And we just parlay all those together, throw in 10 bucks each. And then the pod could be, you know, eating steak come the end of the Super Bowl. But moving on to what we also love about the Super Bowl, the halftime show, we got the always fabulous Rihanna performing. A uh, couple of Rihanna prop bets. The first one, uh, will Rihanna have a guest star? And if so, who will that guest star be? A surprise appearance. Um, I'll pass it to either Coop or Zambi. I feel like you guys have your finger on the pop culture pulse the most. Zambi's motioning, so Cooper, it's you. Um, I've heard a couple different different rumblings on I've the heard, TikToks. I've heard T Swift's name thrown around. I've heard Drake, but if my bet is, I'm going Paul McCartney. Oh, I love that pick. I'm going, he's coming out. They're doing four or five seconds, whatever that song's called. Yeah. Kanye probably beat that too, but Kanye did Kanye things and kind of blew that opportunity. So yeah, give me Paul McCartney. That's a good uh, mashup there too. Good mashup. Yeah, that's a... You you get the oldies hyped. You get, obviously the young people are hyped for Rihanna, so everyone wins. I just don't know if you can get Paul McCartney as a guest, but I love it. I love the take uh boys who who's next i'll take it let's see it so cooper you kind of scared me a little bit there once you started rattling off like say drake i am going with eminem Ooh, nice love the way you lie he was there last year (laughs) he does it twice (laughs) back to backs he's due he's due one Uh, like what? What's the song they sing? The uh, monster is that monster it? Monster and love the way you lie. They got a couple, yeah. They do got a couple. I really hope someone picks my second choice. Um, but who who wants next? I can jump in, or I'll, I'll take it. I'll take this okay. one. Um, I'm gonna go. Yes, definitely gonna have. Definitely gonna have a guest performer. Um, gosh, I, if I had my pick of the litter. I would like Dua Lipa to make a little appearance with her. That okay, would be, okay, let's calm it down. Let's it would be an all-time show. It would slightly compete with J-Lo and Shakira. Uh, probably not going to happen. I'm going to go with a safe pick and kind of a boring pick. DJ Khaled. Who? DJ Khaled. Oh, DJ I I don't know why I heard Colin. I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> I hear he's bad live. Is it is that true, Coop or Zambi? I hear like he's been booed off many live performances. Yeah, he doesn't like. He just we the best. Like I, I mean, I don't DJ even know. Yeah. DJ Collin. That's all he has to do. Okay, I like it. I like it. Dan, this passes to you. Well, I learned something new just now. Um, Rihanna has a kid with ASAP Rocky. So why not why not bring out baby daddy himself? Kind of love it. Is it a cordial relationship or are they like exes? 
they're Dan. together apparently oh. and they yeah, love parenting according to together. you guys, you guys are just now learning this information who <laughs> was disgusted by Dan, i'm with you i don't give a fuck who rihanna is dating that's not on my radar okay. is she still is she gonna sing umbrella that's that's all I care about. Oh. This is what, yeah, I'm amazed this pick's still left. I'm taking Jay-Z. I think uh, he comes out last song, Umbrella, yeah. uh, and they bring out Jay-Z. Like, He's already I, on the west side. Exactly. I thought that pick was going to be taken first. That was my second pick, Jake. I'm glad you did it. Okay. But would Jay-Z betray Beyonce and perform with Rihanna? They've sung the song together. I don't. He's not sleeping with her. It was a long time ago, Jake. It was a long time ago. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, well, continuing with the Rihanna thread, what will be her opening song? Oh, shit. We'll do reverse order this time. Uh, keep it fair. Um, I'm going to take uh, Shine Bright Like a Diamond. I think that's what you opened with. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a strong opening song. You know, you can't start too too high. You know, you got to build. I think that's a great build-up song. Um, that takes us to Dan. Oh, boy. Um, I had to think about what song she sings. I'm going work. Oh, I like it. Start off hot. Start off spicy. Start off spicy. Spicy boys. Heat up the desert, huh? Heat up the desert. Dan, can we get a quick uh quick 10 second uh rendition of that from you? Yeah, <laughs> oh the shoulders. Oh man, maybe shoulders dance are. coming out uh with Rihanna. Um let's see who is after oh Zane. Zane <clears throat> next. All right, I think you got to get the crowd into it right away. I'm going to go with Don't Stop the Music. Ooh, okay. Yeah, you got and you got to play one of the hits first. You got to let them know exactly who's taking the stage. Please don't stop the music. music. God damn it, Zane, that's going to be my pick. <laughs> that's how you know it was a good pick when, when I steal Cooper's pop culture picks. Okay, He's that takes panicking. us to Zambi. Yeah, I'm kind of following the same wavelength as Zane. I think it has to be a classic. I'm going to go with old school Queen Riri, Ponde Replay. Ooh. Ooh. Is, uh, well, how did, what, what's the actual name of the song? Uh, P-O-N Day Replay. Gotcha. I actually don't think I know that song. No, that's the Mr. DJ. And then it's a replay. Oh yeah. yeah, okay, okay. I I thought the name of the song was Mr. DJ. Ponder <laughs> replay. But that would be a banger to start. I that, do that's like a good one. Play. That's a good one. I think it was on Dance Dance Revolution. Actually, it definitely was. <laughs> Zambi's pretending like he doesn't know. Uh maybe, maybe it was. <laughs> I've definitely danced. Hand up. <laughs> All right, that brings us back to Coop. Uh, so I really like Zane's pick. Don't stop the music. I think that's you know if you're a better man, take that. But as a sneaky, sneaky uh pick, I'm gonna go uh a little uh Rihanna Calvin Harris action. I'm gonna go. We found love. Ooh, we Ooh. found love in a hopeless place. Oh, Cooper. great song. Lock that puppy in. Fun fact: No one on the show picked the current Super Bowl 
prop bet favorite for number one. Which one's that? Oh wait, no, someone did. Jake did diamonds. Oh, that. Oh, it's just the it's just the yeah. classic like the the you know the whole stage is dark and then you know it just shines a light on Rihanna and then all these like little individual lights start shining. I'm sure they gave all the like attendees those stupid little bracelets that light up too. Mm-hmm. Like correspond like, with the music. I feel like she's gonna close with that song. That's just. Oh, I think she's gonna close with Umbrella. Yeah, I, I think she closes with Umbrella. It's like an iconic. It's a good way to fade out, too. You're belting at that point. Yeah, Jay-Z singing with you. So it's a great, great. <laughs> All right, that leads us to our, our last Rihanna prop bet. Uh, will <laughs> Rihanna wear sunglasses at any point? Yes. Uh, was that Coop with a yes? You have to say whether yes or no and then guess the odds that she does uh yeah plus like 110 that she wears sunglasses oh shit um i'm going no i think she's she's gonna focus on the audience so i'm gonna go no and i'll say it's plus 160 that it's no i don't have i don't have no i only have yes oh okay then minus i'm trying to do the reverse minus 140 i guess okay uh zane what's your oh wait, no you have it uh dan or cooper or not cooper zambi shit i'm gonna say yes plus 130 Ooh, reason okay. behind it is that all of her ads for it have had her width so well then shouldn't the odds be not favorable or or favorable that's what vegas wants you to think i don't really follow that logic but (laughs) (laughs) it's zambi logic don't question it i'll go yes plus 140 Ooh, you're going yes dan yeah okay fools all of you it's yes plus 120. Oh, you guys oh, are just skipping around it. Damn it. <laughs> uh, do you think she'll wear sunglasses though, Zane? Uh, no, I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm with Jake. Nice. Nice. All right. That's all the prop bets I have listed on the rundown. Uh, does anyone have any other props or should we close out this bad boy? Does Chris Stapleton go over whatever the time's at for the national anthem? Ooh. Ooh. He belts. He's going to want to show off that voice. Also, shout out Zane going to Chris Stapleton concert in Spokane. Is that Ooh. June 15th? Yeah, buddy. At the, what, he's at the arena? Oh, yeah. Damn. Um, I, I'm going to guess under. I don't even know what the time is, but I'm guessing under. I'll go over. I feel like it's always over. I feel like he'll be sneaky over. He's got a great voice. He's going to want to let it shine. I think it's going to be under. There might even be a guitar solo that kind of like elongates it a little bit. I could also over under that. three rushing touchdowns in this game. Ooh, over. Under. Under. That feels like a lot. I'll, I'll say three and a half. 
Under. Under for sure. Under? You would take three? Three's close. I think it could be just like two. Right. But then there's the Jalen Hurts aspect where if they get by the goal line, he basically just pushes up the middle. All right, I got one. Um, First snack commercial, what brand is it? Like first commercial? What is the first snack commercial that appears during the Super Bowl? Doritos. That's always Frito-Lay, I think. Give me pistachios as a dog. Frito-Lay is way too uh, broad, Cooper. You got to pick one. What do you mean? They're, <laughs> they're the same company. The same company. It's yeah, but Frito Lay covers like fucking every chip flavor. Like, there's very specific Dorito commercials. Isn't uh, I don't know who they're doing it for, but there's some like uh, Breaking Bad snack oh, commercial. I mean, it's like Pop Chips or something. Oh uh, yeah, Pop Chips is making a big move. Um, I got M and M's. Damn it, that's what I was gonna use. Wait, who are they having for M&M's now, though? Because exactly. They have M&M's. They're going to uh, reveal their new person. Wait, actually, little... it's the lady from SNL, right? It's it's Maya Rudolph. I oh, they said that. Yeah, they did say that. Yeah. It could be the, uh, what's the fucking, the little peanut fucker. Is baby oh. peanut all grown up this year? I totally forgot about that. I don't. I don't even know. Will there be more crypto commercials this year? Ready to bankrupt more? FTX by FTX. I mean, the the real question, I think maybe we should wrap it up, is what is on the smoking Sunday menu? <laughs> That's a great question. That's a great question. I am glad you fellas asked. So we're starting off with a with a nice hearty appetizer. We're doing mozzarella stuffed barbecue meatballs. Oh on the smoker Christ. that was a mouthful Does it mozzarella really stuffed cold? barbecue meatballs meatballs just little guys with a little toothpick something easy um not necessarily light but it's going to be delicious uh we're doing another round two of a queso dip uh a chori- chorizo queso dip this time uh just to just to light that uh butt on fire just a little more um, and we're closing things out with a Super Bowl staple. We're going to do uh, chicken wings on the smoker. We're going to be doing a little uh, buffalo dry rub, but with an Alabama barbecue sauce on top. Hopefully from- turn out a little better than Mitch Penny's circa 2017. Yeah, we will not be going to uh, cash and carry and getting the hottest brand of of wing they have in gassing out the entire house. <laughs> Does anyone else have any fun uh, menu items? I'm gonna make some Philly cheesesteaks. Ooh. What do you put on your Philly? Do you, is it onions, uh, mushrooms, peppers? What are we working with? You know, still kind of figuring that out. I'm thinking onions, jalapenos, and then... Uh, some green peppers and some zambi salsa You're on instagram now oh is it my what do you have different types of salsa or do you have like one flavor what are we working with i have a roasted butthole a verde and a cilantro lime I kind of was thinking the roaster butthole sounded kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Yeah, you probably would. <laughs> Your poor butthole. We may have to we may have to save that for our next uh, hot ones challenge, aka Dan. Oh, I, think I also owe one too because I lost the Bears. Would have a better record than the Seahawks. <laughs> I'm amazed I haven't got more grief. The Bears literally got the first pick of the draft. We just accept it, Jake. We knew you're gonna lose that bet the second you made it.